Just listen to this man, he got some good news for you. Hey, everybody, gather near. The doctor's in the house, so lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in the house. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Ron, the host of Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored, now in our sixth year, and uh, oh, 16 or 17 episodes at least this year. Thank you for tuning in, uh, taking your time out, whatever you're doing, riding a bike, or relaxing at the pool if you're down south. Uh, whatever, but I do thank you for listening in. This program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. You have to be the CEO of your own body, ladies and gentlemen. You have the right to ask questions and Get answers before you allow anything to be done to your body. And that's why we keep preaching that you have to use logic and imagination. How many times have I said that? Logic is essentially grounding. It is stabilizing. And it allows you to analyze any situation or cluster of information and see through to its validity or invalidity. And imagination, we really need this. It just keeps us soaring, allows us to see our greatest vision for life, and maybe then we can get it fulfilled. And I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude because an attitude of gratitude will literally rewire your brain to make you happier. And remember, happiness is a lifestyle and a choice. So we have a lot of things to get to today. Uh, and I want to remind everyone if it's still okay to say it. Can we quote Winnie the Pooh? Have, has Winnie the Pooh been banned yet? Christopher Robin said to Winnie the Pooh, always remember, you are braver than you believe stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. Keep those words in, in mind as we go through these troubling times, which uh, we're still not out of at this time. So I want to shout out to my dear friend Gary, who is uh, battling a terminal disease. I want to thank uh, the people at, um, let, me get the, let me get their names absolutely correct. Uh, we have been listed in the top 50 of podcasts on the internet. And if you go to the, um, the site, uh, it's actually we're number 28, which I really just took my socks away. I really did. 
and uh, I will find that note from from this this great uh, group that uh, reviewed everything called Feedspot F E E D S P O T Feedspot. We are listed as in the top fifty of medical podcasts by doctors. That's just incredible. So we got a nice high five from them. And we do want to tell you about this uh, podcast uh, site called Feedspot. They were very kind to us. So before we get to the nitty gritty of the vaccines, if you want to call them such, as you know, I do not call them vaccines. I uh, call them experimental gene therapy shots, but we'll get to that. But you know, I guess I'm not alone in, in, in craving a snack during different times of the day. And what do we worry about as we get older? We worry about our memory, our precious memories. But, you know, I've been reading something that you can add to your daily routine that may help preserve your brain power for now and for years to come. And if you're still sharp as a tack, it can keep you that way. And it can also help make sure you stay on your toes in your golden years. Guess what? You know me by now. It's not a drug but it can boost your cognitive function. And we haven't really been talking about it until now. A recent study out of Iowa State University reveals how eating some foods can be connected to cognitive sharpness in life, especially in later life. As one of the study co-authors stated, quote, perhaps the silver bullet we're looking for is upgrading how we eat. You know how our parents used to say, you are what you eat. And to top the list of brain foods, C-H-E-E-S-E, cheese, ladies and gentlemen, and by a wide margin, the, the participants from the United Kingdom were well into their 70s, and they took tests to determine their ability to think on the fly. That means, as as uh, you know, without thinking about anything, think on the fly. And that was termed fluid intelligence, like being able to solve problems going in cold with no prior knowledge. And it's one of the things that declines with Alzheimer's. The study authors compared the test results with the types of foods that the subjects reported eating over the course of 10 years, over a decade. And the greatest protection appeared to come from a daily cheese habit. Now, I'm not talking about that cheap junk processed cheese, like the stuff you get on your nacho chips or your, the grilled cheese sandwiches. Your brain can benefit most from natural whole fat cheeses processed merely by fermentation. Now, mold fermented cheeses, what are they? They're brie, blue cheese, camembert. Okay. And the, the researchers attributed at least some of their brain boosting power to the presence of something called GTWI peptide. Well, what is that? Well, Peptides are being, they're always been used in the cosmetic industry to keep uh, you from getting wrinkles and so forth, but peptides have a wide variety of use in the medical profession. But this particular peptide is made up of four amino acids, which have been known to boost memory. What are they? G is glycine, T is threonine, T is tryptophan, and T is tyrosine. So glycine, threonine, tryptophan, and tyrosine. And as I said, on their own, they have been associated with improvements of brain function because they influence the chemicals in your brain. 
these neurotransmitters, and you've heard of serotonin and dopamine. And as Dr. Wong has said, when you run out of dopamine, you die. And guess what else they can do? And it's really important to our health. It's important to our immunity. They can promote healthy sleep. Okay. So they appear to inhibit monamine oxidase, MAO. You've heard of antidepressants, MAO inhibitors. And that's responsible for depleting your brain, not just of serotonin and dopamine, but also of norepinephrine. So MAO is a potential culprit behind the development of Alzheimer's disease. So you think the big pharmaceutical companies are looking into this? Well, they, they already have the antidepressants. But it turns out you don't need a drug. Maybe all you need to keep you sharp is some cheese. Good fermented cheese. Now, in my opinion, if you want to uh, wash that cheese down with a good glass of red wine, well, you may go that extra mile. Because red wine in this study also found to be associated with cognitive benefits. But if you are, are uh, not drinking, you want to take a supplement, you can look for those four amino acids, glycine, threonine, tryptophan, and tyrosine. Okay? And take some re reservatrol. So that's my take on an easy take without taking a drug and, and good for, for life. And let's just cover one other thing because we, we've been talking so much about the COVID and this, that, and the other thing. How about uh, anybody worried about balding? How about women getting a little thin, getting a little thin on top? And you're finding some hair on your brush and pillowcase and so forth. And you see your hair falling out. Well, that's some of it is normal, but if you're losing more hair than you can grow back, it's not necessarily a sign of aging. You might be deficient in a crucial vitamin. And it's been found that if you replace this depleted vitamin, it can reverse hair loss. What am I talking about? Vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin, the sunshine power to grow new hair. Now this sunshine vitamin as I've told you before, it can lead to low back pain, sleep troubles, and some disability. But that can be solved. Okay? By taking some vitamin D. It's because it turns out hair loss is a sign of vitamin D deficiency. Why? Because vitamin D plays a role in your hair's growth cycle specifically in the formation of the hair follicle cells in your scalp. And these cells are responsible for producing your body's own supply of vitamin D when it is exposed to UV rays from the sun. So if you want to slam the brakes on going bald or you want to slam the brakes and reverse some hair loss, you want to trigger those correct carotinocytes. That was easy, wasn't it? Carotinocytes. And get your hair in a, in going more into that growth phase as long as possible. And it, there, this study even shows it may even pro, promote new hairs, the growth of new hairs to replace the ones you lose. Now, this was an animal study out of Germany. They used a topical form of vitamin D and actually grew hair after chemo treatments. So, the, the, the amount of vitamin D, if you're taking a multivitamin, ladies and gents, is not enough. Shop for a good vitamin D3 supplement. And you know, as I've told you innumerable times during this pandemic, you can, you can get a vitamin D level. 
okay? And then you'll know exactly where you are. So cheese and vitamin D. Let me just read something that Barbara Lowe Fisher wrote from the National Vaccine Information Center. Quote, you and you alone will make the choice to live free or die as a slave. Do not let anyone take away your freedom to think and speak and obey the certain judgment of your conscience. Be the one who never has to say that you did not do today what you could have done to change tomorrow. If we do not get up off our knees and stop worshiping scientists and doctors who have too little knowledge and have been given too much power, Tomorrow, we will not be able to get on a bus, a train, a plane, enter a store, a sports arena, obtain a driver's license, a passport, file our taxes, or function in society without getting every vaccine that this industry creates and that the government orders us to get. Do we want to give away our freedoms? Do we want to let the Gates Foundation, the WHO, the CDC, a private company, tell us what we can and cannot do if we don't get jabbed with a gene-altering shot? So I want you to step up, think about it, get educated. It's really important. Well, as you know, I I, uh, participate in a lot of conferences throughout the week with other doctors all over the world. But I'm gonna summarize a video that uh, that you can find now. It was taken off of YouTube. And it was by Dr. Judy Mikovits. It's a 33-minute video. Banned by YouTube. Banned by fi- Facebook and major outlets. Because it tells the truth. It tells about the gene therapy injections, which are being falsely called a vaccine. The injections make changes to our mRNA to cause permanent damage to our immune system. So these are quotes from this video. Although the long-term effects of the injections are unknown, Dr. Judy Mikovic, she's a PhD, has made a dire forecast. She is the director of the Lab of Antiviral Drug Mechanisms at the National Cancer Institute and is renowned for her groundworking research in molecular biology and virology. Her 1991 doctoral thesis revolutionized the treatment of HIV and AIDS. She states, quote, most people don't realize the vaccines do not prevent infection. You're injecting the blueprint of the virus and letting a compromised system try to deal with it. And worse, it doesn't go in the cells that a natural infection would, that have a lock and key receptor and gatekeeper so that only certain cells can be infected, like the upper respiratory tract for a coronavirus. Now, just think about that for a second. If you get a viral Infection, it goes into your nose and upper respiratory tract. You cough, you get a fever, you have mucus, you may get a bronchitis. But it doesn't go all through your body. Now back to Judy. Now you're making it in a nanoparticle, which means it can go to every cell without that receptor. So instead of just going to the, the receptors that are, this, this virus would go to, now it can go to your heart, your liver, your brain your lungs. Back to Dr. Mekovitz. So can you imagine the damage of bypassing God's natural immunity and allowing the blueprint for coronavirus that 
also has components of HIV in, in some strains, meaning you can infect your white blood cells. So now you're going to inject an agent into every cell of the body. I just can't even imagine a recipe for anything other than what I would consider mass murder on a scale where 50 million people will die in America from the vaccine. And she says that the numbers from the XMRVs in America, the xenotrophic maureen leukemia virus related, this is something she discovered that most vaccines have this retrovirus. And she says, Vaccine injuries from this virus, which is also included in this corona shot, support her conclusions. So Dr. Mikovic, she just didn't randomly come up with her forecast, but based it upon specific research findings, she described it as, quote unquote, mass murder. Her warnings that these injections can cause death is confirmed by Dr. Bacardi an award-winning researcher and former head of the Institute of Medical Microbiology and Hygiene in Germany. He was a professor of virology and microbiology for 30 years in Germany. He warns that by taking these injections, killer lymphocytes already present in our body will cause an autoimmune attack with terrible consequences. And this is his statement, quote, the big, big danger about this vaccine, and remember, it really isn't a vaccine. That's me talking. The danger of this vaccine is you are shooting the gene of the virus into your body. It's going to go through the body and go to entering cells that you don't know. These cells are going to start making, not the whole virus, but a virus protein. And these cells are going to put the waste of that spike protein in front of their cells. Well, let me just let me just summarize this. Basically, what he's saying, your body is not going to recognize this artificial spike protein that's going to be produced by this injection. And since it's wrapped in a lipid nanoparticle, it'll go to every cell in your body. And I've talked about Dr. Sherry Tenpenny also. She's a board-certified emergency medicine and osteopathic medicine physician, authored a lot of books. She said if they don't die, they're going to be seriously injured. There are some things in life that are worse than death. You know, having to live with chronic inflammatory drug-induced hepatitis, chronic seizure disorders, debilitating autoimmune diseases. Some people will be so sick, it would be mercifully if they died. And we'll talk about Dr. Michael Yaden. He's a former uh, vice president of Pfizer. He has a PhD in respiratory pharmacology. Dr. Wolfgang Woodard, former head of the public health department in Germany and a doctor of pneumology that has to do with the lungs. And we'll, we'll go through some of that petition they sent to the European Union demanding the halt of these injections until further studies are done. They specifically identify these serious effects from this injection. Infertility, allergic, potentially fatal reactions due to polyethylene glycol, which is in this vaccine. Exaggerated immune reactions, especially when the vaccine recipient is confronted later in life with the real wild virus. They report that these exaggerated immune reactions to corona vaccines have long been known from experience, experiments in cats, where 100% of the vaccinated cats died after catching the wild virus. Another physician, Dr. Maji exposes troubling facts regarding Moderna. First, they are backed by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Second, they have never before developed any human vaccine or human medicine. Third, in their development of the COVID vaccine, they only worked on phase one of their development. 
which is all done in laboratories for 63 days before, in, before moving into phase two, which included administering the vaccine to 45 human subjects. She said phase one should have taken years to complete. In their phase two testing, 100% of the high-dose vaccine recipients and 80% of the low-dose recipients quickly experienced adverse systemic effects. Since they completely skipped all long-term testing, which is one of the most important phases of testing, so the long-term side effects remain unknown. And remember, in the United States, they are, the drug companies are free from any liability because of the PrEP Act. None, zero, zilts. The taxpayer is responsible for any injuries caused by these injections. And you may have read uh, where Pfizer now is asking for land and and other guarantees by other governments, gold deposits and so forth. Dr. Teresa Descher also warned about the dangers of this mRNA permanently rewriting our genetic code. And we've talked about this on this program, how this mRNA can get into your DNA and, and with a, an enzyme called reverse transcriptase and, and hijack your DNA. Well, here's what she says, quote, the vaccines are messenger RNA. What they do is they act like a virus. They hijack our cells machinery and turn it into an mRNA protein. In other words, this, this mRNA is, turns us into a little, little factory. But the, what she says is this messenger RNA can also uh, be what's called reverse transcribed into DNA. So it can get into our genome. Now, or, or can we be owned by the uh, drug companies? Can they get a patent on us because they have created a new DNA and it's going to be in everyone that got these shots? Something to think about. The danger in numbers is 10 to the minus 13, which is one in a trillion. Four of nine boys participating in the trial had DNA insertions and developed leukemia. Four of the nine is a lot different from one in a trillion, huh? That's well, the Jets, the, the, the Moderna says it's one in a trillion, but in, in, it's probably more, as, you, as I just said, as she just said and reported, four of nine boys developed leukemia. Four out of nine. Well, time will tell whether Dr. Mikovits has forecasted accurately or not. But there's a lot of warnings coming from a lot of experts, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're a reasonable person, I think we if you're listening to this program, you are. At least we have to get investigate these facts before just blindly going further and further. And it looks like if you follow the facts, it's uh, the conclusions are not so bright. Because we, we can't get the answers. We can't even get answers from the drug company to be transparent about the studies about when, what's in these vaccines and the amount. you want to listen to this, you can watch it on BitChute. That's B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E. Um, so what is it called? I forgot that myself. Uh, that's where you can find it because I said uh, all, everybody else took it down. Will COVID-19 vaccine save lives? Okay. So... That's what I wanted to tell you. Uh, thank you, Dr. Tatsi. I just came back here and looked at uh, some of our listeners, and I thanks for that. But this is information you're not going to get on any any mainstream media because they are there's very few people doing any reporting. 
So let's just go on to a few more things. Every Friday, VAERS makes public all vaccine injury reports. Okay, so the data from December 14th to March 5th show that there were a total of 31,079 total adverse events reported to the vaccine injury reporting system. That included 1,524 deaths. That was an increase of 259 over the previous week, excuse me, and 5,507 serious injuries, up 1,083 over the same time period. In the United States, 85.01 million COVID doses had been administered. And remember, that's only about 1% of injuries get reported to the vaccine adverse events reporting system. So you can put zeros after all those numbers I just told you. This week, 31%, there was a 31% increase in reports of Bell's palsy. That broke with prior trends. Otherwise, it was staying pretty much on, on track. So 1524 deaths as of March 6th, 30% occurred within 48 hours of vaccination. 46% occurred in people who became ill within 48 hours of being injected. They say vaccinated, but I have a hard time using that word. 19% of deaths were related to cardiac disorders. 53% of those who died were male. 45% were female. The remaining death reports did not include their gender. The average age, 77.9. The youngest person, 23. 265 pregnant women reported adverse events, including 85 miscarriages or premature births. And this is to remind you, none of these injections were ever tested for efficacy in pregnant women. There were 1,689 reports of anaphylaxis. 59% from Pfizer, 41% from Moderna. Now, J&J &J, uh, vaccine has uh, only been out a short period of time more, uh, since March 2nd, but as of March 5th, two adverse events were reported. They both were in young people, included tongue tingling, numbness, hot flashes, headache, and extreme fatigue. And remember, there's a 39-year-old woman, woman who died four days after this, getting the second dose of Moderna's COVID vaccine. She died of organ failure, her liver, her heart, and her kidney shut down. She had no medical issues or pre-existing conditions. A 58-year-old woman died hours after getting her first dose of Pfizer's COVID vaccine. No autopsy. On March 11th, Denmark, Norway, Iceland announced they were joining other European countries in temporarily suspending the use of AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine because of blood clots. Does this sound good? I don't know. You have to use this type of information, though, when you make a decision whether you're going to be injected or not. Now, as I said, in countries other than the United States, in the United States, vaccine producers are, are completely immune from, from uh, any kind of suit or, or, or loss. But now Pfizer is demanding collateral for expected vaccine injury lawsuits where they are not protected by laws like in the United States, like in Argentina. But then Argentina rejected it. They said they would not do it. Pfizer wanted Argentina and Brazil to guarantee the company that the company would be compensated for any expenses resulting from injury lawsuits against it. 
<laughs> they demanded that Brazil waive sovereignty of its assets. I mean, this is just, if it's so safe, why do they, why they need all this protection? They got it here in the U.S., full indemnity. Now, tell me you've, you heard all about this. Tell me you, you already read this in the newspaper. A brief report from the Moderna chief medical officer. Did you read this one? Well, he says, and he admits that the mRNA alters your DNA. Didn't we just talk about that? A lot of people have been talking about it. It's called hacking the software of life. Your DNA, the software of life. His name is Zach's. Tal Zach, Z-A-K-S, Chief Medical Officer of Moderna, Inc. Hacking the software of life. He did this on a TED Talk. He says, we are actually hacking the software of life and that it's changing the way we think about prevention and treatment of disease. They want to make us robots. At one minute into this talk, he says, quote, in every cell, there's this thing called messenger RNA or mRNA for short that transmits the critical information from the DNA and our genes to the protein, which is really the stuff we're all made out of. This is the critical information that determines what the cell will do. So we think about it as an operating system, just like a computer. So if you could actually change that, you could introduce a line of code or change a line of code, it turns out that this has profound implication for everything. That means altering our DNA. No longer a creation of God, but a creation of man now. And as I said, now we'd be subject to a patent. Z-A-K-S is his name. So he goes on in this talk, and I'm not going to go on, but do you get the idea where these, these, in my opinion, where these pharmaceutical companies are coming from? Now, this is Dr. Yaden again, who was the vice president at, uh, at Pfizer. I'm not going to go into this whole letter they wrote to the European Union, but they wanted responses from the government regarding intramuscular injection. It must be expected that the gene-based vaccines will reach the bloodstream and disseminate through the body. We we request evidence that this possibility was excluded in preclinical animal models. If that evidence is not available, it would be expected that the vaccines will remain entrapped in the circulation and be taken up by endothelial cells. There is reason to assume that this would happen, particularly at sites of slow blood flow, that is the small vessels and capillaries. They wanted evidence about this. They wanted evidence about all the things that we've been talking about. You know, this mRNA, because it has a lipid coating, has an on switch. It does not have an off switch. How long does it continually tell your body to make these proteins against this, uh, these antibodies against this spike protein? Endothelial damage. Has that been ruled out? Like triggering a blood coagulation and platelet activation? Was that excluded? Where is the evidence? Drop in platelet counts. Remember that doctor in Miami died of a, couldn't stop the bleeding because he had his platelet counts disappeared. Where's the evidence? And they go on about the ACE2 receptors. And where's the evidence? 
They said if there's no such evidence, we demand that approval for the use of these gene-based vaccines, and Dr. Mikovits would say gene-based therapy, not vaccines, because they do not stop you from getting the virus. They just stop you from getting so sick. You can still get the virus. You can still transmit the virus. Prior to the vaccine, asymptomatic carriers did not transmit the virus. Now we're going to have a lot of people, they don't even know they have it, and they'll be transmitting it because they won't get sick. But without the vaccine, they would be sick and confined and have therapy. So you see the things I'm worried about, and I want you to think about. I want you to think about all this. I want you to think and know that the CDC report out that admits to mask wearing provides no real protection against COVID. Did you see that in the paper? Did you see that in President Biden's speech? This happened on March 5th. The United States Center for Disease Control and Prevention published a report admitting that face masks, hear me, do not provide protection against the Wuhan virus. I call it the Chinese virus and potentially worsen infection risk. A dozen medical doctors were were responsible for this report. Isn't that something? I'm sure that made the news, right? And this has been proven time and time again. I told you about the den the Denmark report reported in the Annals of Internal Medicine with 6,000 people, no difference at all. Natural News says that mask wearing is a death sentence for humanity. How long can you live without oxygen? How long can you live without oxygen? Four minutes, huh? And you're brain dead. How about all these kids in school wearing masks all day long? Now, the beginning, they may feel claustrophobic, but you know, our bodies are so great, they get used to it. But that doesn't mean they have more oxygen anymore. They still have a decreased oxygen, which is killing brain cells. Those brain cells never come back. Think about it. And because Google, Facebook, uh, Fauci, the NIH are censoring all this, the WHO is censoring on it, and it looks to me like they clear everything through China before they uh, get it to to this country. And of course, our president is connected to to China by by a lot of money. You think they're going to admit that masks are a little more than a snake oil? You think they're going to admit that They have negative impacts. And then maybe people who wear masks think they are there. They really are going to protect them and forget to wash their hands and social and not social distance, physical distance. Do you know that wearing a mask chronically has contributed to mental health problems, including suicide, depression, despair, and hopelessness. How about all the drug addiction? How about all the suicides? How about all the plastic we're inhaling from these Chinese masks? How about the destructive behavior and, and, and looking at someone who doesn't wear a mask as, some, as someone that's evil? Japan's reporting a suicide rate among children up 49% after the mask policies were implemented. In the United States, we have an 890% increase in call volume volume to the nationwide suicide hotline.
And you know, if you ask questions or you talk like I'm talking right now, you're called a conspiracy theorist, but we're just going by the numbers and by the research. So ladies and gentlemen, before the vaccine, as I told you before, the PCR test was run at 30, 40, and 50 cycles. Guaranteed to have a positive test. Now the test is run at 20. Less positive tests. That's one way they're making the vaccines look like they're doing their job. Before the vaccine, every case, whether you died in a motorcycle accident, a plane crash, if you had something, you did not even need the test. You just need, needed a physician to say you had COVID. COVID was put on the death certificate. Now you can get the vaccine, have the needle in your arm and die. And they say, well, it probably would have happened anyway. You will not find anybody or very few people documenting the vaccine causing any injuries or death because that's not the way they're playing the game. I hope you understand that. And I hope you incorporate this knowledge in, into your thinking when you make a decision what to do with your life. Remember what Christopher said to Winnie the Pooh. You are braver than you believe. You are stronger than you seem and smarter than you think. So let's socialize. Let's make sure we're eating our fruits and vegetables. Include nuts and coconut in your diet. Diet. Don't forget the animal foods, such as red meat, poultry, fish, eggs, and milk. Avoid sodas and sweetened, sugary drinks. And just another note, and I, I've, I've been talking about this for years anyway. You should not have a high blood ferritin level. Ferritin is a, how your body stores iron. And once women stop menstruating and men always should always have their ferritin level checked and it's above a hundred, you should uh, give some blood. But doctors in Israel have found a correlation between elevated levels of ferritin and a rapid deterioration in COVID-19 patients. Okay, so put that in your medical bank and think about that. Think about a delicious snack of cheese. Be active, get plenty of sleep. We'll talk about sleep on Tuesday. I hope you're uh, detoxifying and drinking lots of uh, good water and hope you're breathing some good fresh air. And remember, one of the aspects of fear is loss of heart. So please don't lose heart in this whole pandemic. Try and stay positive. It's gonna end. It's going to end. It's not really, it should be over now because we have already reached herd immunity, but those in control don't, I guess they don't want us out yet. Watch your screen time, okay? Because that blue light's not good for your eyes. And we've talked about supplements, right? We've talked about them. Continue with them. Continue with your. Um, Quercetin at 500 milligrams a day, your vitamin A at 10,000 units a day, your zinc 200 milligrams a day, your colloidal silver or um, peroxide inhalations. And if you're new to the show and you can go back to one of my other programs or you can just look up Dr. Brownstein. Dr. Brownstein is the one that showed that inhaling peroxide uh, is can kill the COVID virus, the SARS-2. And my listeners, regular listeners know I, I am a believer and I use it personally, colloidal silver. I use it on everything. I use it in an inhaler. I use it to spray on objects, my eyes, my ears. 
if you have uh, access to ozone, you know, you know, we've talked about ozone. Ozone is antiviral. And just like you can't live with, without oxygen for more than four minutes, you know, most cancers can be cured by, by uh, just flooding them with oxygen. That's Dr. Otto, Otto Warburg's work. He won two Nobel Prizes about it. Cancers thrive on low oxygen levels, but ozone can increase it. And, you know, you can get an ozone ozonator or over the internet for, to make some ozonated water, drink that throughout the day. But as we said last week, you want to ozonate it, then filter it. But social relationships are so important. They're important for our immunity. They're important for our longevity. So take a deep breath. Have an attitude of gratitude. And I think I have covered just about what I wanted to cover today. Okay, I think we'll have a good discussion about sleep and melatonin on Tuesday. Uh, the, the, of course, there'll be a million more articles out on, uh, on COVID, and I have two more conferences that I'm going to attend. Uh, maybe, do you know anything about the aborted fetal cells? You, you know, when, when I read in the beginning about Dr. Mikovits and this retrovirus, that all came from aborted fetal cells. So they aborted these babies. I'll tell you a little bit more about that before I go today. But then they, to keep these cells active, they have to turn them into to cancer-like cells because cancer cells can live forever. They're immortal. But in so doing, that's uh, there's some theories out there that that's why cancer rates are so high. They come from uh, some of this DNA from the these cancer-aborted fetal cells with all these vaccines that these kids get. The first vaccine in the United States to use aborted fetal cells, by the way, was the MMR in 1979. What disturbs me is that the baby has to be alive when the tissues are taken. I, I, I just about can tell you that. that, that, that I get goosebumps. The baby has to be alive when they take these tissues. And these cell lines have different names, MRC6, WI38, etc. Okay, but basically, they're aborted fetal cells. And they come from multiple abortions. A recent one came from the, the cell line of, was a result of nine abortions. If to get back to on topic about COVID though, the COVID injections by Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca, they both use aborted fetal cell lines. They use those aborted cells to grow their virus for their vaccines. And Pfizer Moderna, for their COVID injection, they used aborted fetal cell line, HEK-293. Now, Pfizer and Moderna do not contain the DNA from on their end product, but the others do. But you know, it's almost impossible to remove all of the DNA from the virus grown in the aborted fetal cell line. And, and independent research has found levels of, of this DNA. Hundreds of thousands of nanograms per dose more than what the FDA and the WHO recommends. Well, what's being done about it? Well, nothing because uh, the, the the big pharmaceutical companies uh, are immune to any lawsuits or anything else. So part of the, the risk of this aborted fetal DNA is triggering autoimmune diseases. 
And of course, the, the risk of that fetal DNA from the, from the vaccine getting into our DNA, those who receive the injection. I'm not going to get into all the autism, whatever, but it's it's interesting when you when you look at all this, all the data. There's moral concerns that I know about that I think about. How about trafficking of these babies? How about these babies being denied a proper burial? So as long as we keep getting these shots we'll still be having aborted fetal cells. And remember, I'll say it one more time, and that's all I can say it. The baby has to be alive when these tissues are taken. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Ron. Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. Trying to bring you medical news that you can use that you won't see on the mainstream media or read in the newspapers. I'll try and dig it out for you. Uh, I have lots of great associates in Dr. Wong, Dr. Smith, and others. And we do research all week long about this. Try and dig into the numbers and, and what's really going on. And you would just be surprised. I mean, uh, even Stanford professors are now coming out and saying how what a mistake the lockdowns were. And why are they in a disease that's 99.6% of infection fatality rate? In other words, most people, unless you're over 70, are going to recover with this with no problem. If you're over 70, 75 with medical conditions, it's, it's up to 3 4%, no doubt. Australia, did I tell you Austria, Austria suspended AstraZeneca because of a bunch of deaths? There were a bunch of deaths in, in nuns in a convent. They never had a case of COVID. They got the vaccine. They had nuns die and everybody else test positive for COVID. Another name you might want to put in uh, your list is Dr. David Martin, who also knows that these are experimental and not vaccines. He calls them medical devices. And the injuries, I'll keep reporting that every Saturday that I have a chance. They just keep going up. And remember, that's only 1%. Only 1%. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ron here. We will see you on Tuesday. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Dr. T, for giving us some feedback. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Freddie will take us home. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see has a lot more answers for you so tune in next week when the doctor is in the house or when the doctor is in the house let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house the doctor is in the house doctor is in the house let the doctor know what's bothering you I'm sure he can tell you just what to do The doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know What's bothering you When the doctor is In the house The doctor is In the house See you next week